My father, Harald Dahl, was a Norwegian who came from a small town near Oslo called Sarpsborg. His own father, my grandfather, was a fairly prosperous merchant who owned a store in Sarpsborg and traded in just about everything from cheese to chicken wire. I am writing these words in 1984, but this grandfather of mine was born, believe it or not, in 1820, shortly after Wellington had defeated Napoleon at Waterloo. If my grandfather had been alive today, he would have been 164 years old. My father would have been 121. Both my father and my grandfather were late starters, so far as children were concerned. When my father was 14, which is still more than 100 years ago, he was up on the roof of the family house, replacing some loose tiles when he slipped and fell. He broke his left arm below the elbow. Somebody ran to fetch the doctor, and half an hour later this gentleman made a majestic and drunken arrival in his horse-drawn buggy. He was so drunk that he mistook the fractured elbow for a dislocated shoulder. We'll soon put this back into place, he cried out, and two men were called off the street to help with the pulling. They were instructed to hold my father by the waist while the doctor grabbed him by the wrist of the broken arm and shouted, Pull, men, pull, pull as hard as you can. The pain must have been excruciating. The victim screamed, and his mother, who was watching the performance in horror, shouted, Stop! But by then the pullers had done so much damage that a splinter of bone was sticking out through the skin of the forearm. This was in 1877, and orthopedic surgery was not what it is today. So they simply amputated the arm at the elbow, and for the rest of his life my father had to manage with one arm. Fortunately it was the left arm that he lost, and gradually, over the years, he taught himself to do more or less anything he wanted with just the four fingers and thumb of his right hand. He could tie a shoelace as quickly as you or me, and for cutting up the food on his plate, he sharpened the bottom edge of a fork so that it served as both knife and fork all in one. He kept his ingenious instrument in a slim leather case and carried it in his pocket wherever he went. The loss of an arm, he used to say, caused him only one serious inconvenience. He found it impossible to cut the top off a boiled egg. My father was a year or so older than his brother Oscar, but they were exceptionally close and soon after they left school they went for a long walk together to plan their future. They decided that a small town like Sarpsborg in a small country like Norway was no place in which to make a fortune. So what they must do, they agreed, was go away to one of the big countries, either to England or France, where opportunities to make good would be boundless. Their own father, an amiable giant nearly seven foot tall, lacked the drive and ambition of his sons, and he refused to support this tomfool idea. When he forbade them to go, they ran away from home, and somehow or other the two of them managed to work their way to France on a cargo ship. From Calais they went to Paris, and in Paris they agreed to separate because each of them wished to be independent of the other. Uncle Oscar, for some reason, headed west for La Rochelle on the Atlantic coast, while my father remained in Paris for the time being. The story of how these two brothers each started a totally separate business in different countries, and how each of them made a fortune is interesting, but there is no time to tell it here except in the briefest manner. Take my Uncle Oscar first. La Rochelle was then, and still is, a fishing port. By the time he was forty, he had become the wealthiest man in town. He owned a fleet of trawlers called Pêcheurs d'Atlantique, and a large canning factory to can the sardines his trawlers brought in. He acquired a wife from a good family and a magnificent townhouse, as well as a large chateau in the country. 
He became a collector of Louis XV furniture, good pictures and rare books, and all these beautiful things together with two properties are still in the family. I have not seen the chateau in the country, but I was in the La Rochelle house a couple of years ago, and it really is something. The furniture alone should be in a museum. While Uncle Oscar was bustling around in La Rochelle, his one-armed brother Harold, my own father, was not sitting on his rump doing nothing. He had met in Paris another young Norwegian called Ardnesen, and the two of them now decided to form a partnership and become shipbrokers. A shipbroker is a person who supplies a ship with everything it needs when it comes into port. Fuel and food, ropes and paint, soap and towels, hammers and nails, and thousands of other tiddly little items. A shipbroker is a kind of enormous shopkeeper for ships, and by far the most important item he supplies to them is the fuel on which the ship's engines run. In those days, fuel meant only one thing. It meant coal. There were no oil-burning motor ships on the high seas at that time. All ships were steamships, and these old steamers would take on hundreds and often thousands of tons of coal in one go. To the shipbrokers, coal was black gold. My father and his newfound friend, Mr. Ardnerson, understood all this very well. It made sense, they told each other, to set up their shipbroking business in one of the great coaling ports of Europe. Which was it to be? The answer was simple. The greatest coaling port in the world at that time was Cardiff, in South Wales. So off to Cardiff they went, these two ambitious young men, carrying with them little or no luggage. But my father had something more delightful than luggage. He had a wife, a young French girl called Marie, whom he had recently married in Paris. 